all this stuff behind me, which we're getting to. I want to preach this morning on the topic, Faith Awakened. Faith Awakened. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10, the Apostle Paul, he says, we are his masterpiece. We are his masterpiece created. Go ahead and put up that verse. We are his masterpiece. It's such a powerful word that I want us to see it. We are his masterpiece created in, there we go, in Christ Jesus. How many know you are his masterpiece? Amen. The problem is at a surface glance, many times we look at our own lives, we don't see the rhythm, the poetry, the beauty. We see the junk, we see the surface, we see things going on that we don't always like, we need to change, we need to fix. I don't, we don't always see the masterpiece. That's where faith in God comes in. Faith in God is an awakening to this reality that he has created us a masterpiece. Coming, it's awakening to the reality that who he says I am, I truly am. In other words, it's the truth about me, I am a masterpiece. And what is that truth? Well, David said in Psalm 139 of himself, but we could say it today, we have Christ. He said, thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. Oh, how well I know it. He was speaking about himself. How marvelous I am. You walk around talking like that, people might think you have a bit of an ego. But David said, I am wonderful. I'm marvelous. He was recognizing that God had made him a masterpiece. And I propose to us today that faith is an awakening to this reality that you are, that I am. A masterpiece wonderfully made. The word awaken means to make something known that we previously were not aware of. In other words, it was already there, but I didn't recognize it. I call it our aha moment. Anybody ever had an aha moment? Like the moment you recognize that the Montreal Canadiens were the greatest hockey team on planet Earth. That was your aha. You, you didn't have that aha moment yet? It's coming, it's coming, it's coming. It's coming. But... But Dr. Betty, Cheryl, I asked her this week, have you had an aha moment? She said, yeah, I used to be a school teacher. And I, I would wonder why all the other school teachers, they would get double the salary as me. What was wrong with me? Until one day she recognized they have a degree I don't. That's the only difference. So she went out and got her degree. She got a double the salary. It was an aha moment. The reality was already there. She just didn't recognize it. Or like the story of the ugly duckling who was born, who was a swan, but born into the family of ducks. And so as a result, it was different and saw itself awkward. But then in the reflection of the water one day, it recognized that it wasn't an ugly duckling. It was a beautiful swan. And in that reflection, it had an aha moment and it recognized it wasn't an ugly duckling at all. It was a beautiful swan. Always was, but it was an aha moment. We see that in the scripture time and time again. We see with Jesus. He was talking to the woman that, uh, at the well, the Samaritan, the woman from Samaria at the well, and she had had five husbands. Obviously, she had a bit of a value issue, self-image issue. And so he came to her and he said, if you drink of my water, you'll never thirst again. And she drank of that water, she, uh, spiritual water, and she recognized her value. And in that moment, she had an aha. I am created a masterpiece. I have value. I have worth. She always was, but it was an aha moment. And I'm proposing today that faith, in our lives is an awakening to this reality that we were created a masterpiece. Look at your neighbor and say, you are, I'm looking at a masterpiece. 
The problem is so many times we don't accept it because of my junk. Because of the circumstances, the troubles, the difficulties that I'm going through, I don't see the masterpiece. But let me tell you, your value, our value, does not change based on our circumstances. Take this painting. It's not, it's a replica. In case you think I've struck it rich and bought Van Gogh's painting of sunflowers, I haven't. It's a replica. I'm sure you knew that. But let me say, let me say, pretend that I had the real Van Gogh. If I was to stupidly lose that painting, and it gets stuck in some storage room in the back of a building covered with dust and Dr. Betty starts piling stuff on top of it and then and then Pastor Dean comes and piles more and then you know it just it just and then it gets lost and forgotten does the value of that painting change one iota why no is the answer sorry some of you are saying no so I'm just it's like a dialogue but no is the answer no why doesn't the value change because the value is attached to who the painter was and because the master Van Gogh painted the picture, the pi doesn't matter if it's covered with dust or lost or forgotten, it still has value because of who the painter was. Let me, newsflash, you were created by the master himself. He gave you value, he created you a masterpiece, and it doesn't matter if you've been forgotten, covered with dust, it doesn't matter if nobody recognizes your masterpiece. If the author, the master says you're a masterpiece, you are. A masterpiece today. This is, what are we talking about today? Faith awakened. When we recognize the truth about who God says that we are. The problem is, again, we don't always recognize it. Because of our circumstances. And when we don't recognize it, it breeds in us an inferiority complex. An inferiority complex is when we feel inadequate in a certain area. And there are certain spheres of life, and we may not feel inadequate in all areas, but there may be areas as a husband or as a wife or in my physical body or, or in relationships or in challenges that I face. And when we don't recognize our masterpiece in Christ, we can suffer from this inferiority complex, this in feeling of inadequacy. And that's what happened to the children of Israel. The children of Israel were delivered out of Egypt. God said, I'm going to go ahead of you, I'm going to fight your battles, you just keep moving. So if God's going ahead of them, fighting their battles, could we not call them more than conquerors? He's fighting for them, they just keep walking. Isn't that kind of like our story? God delivered us, set us free, brought us into Christ, and now he says, I go ahead of you and I fight your battles. Are we not also more than conquerors? But you see, the Hebrew people... They suffered. They couldn't see their masterpiece. They suffered from this inferiority complex. I call it a grasshopper mentality. Because God said, I want you to go in. I'll fight your battles. They said, we can't do it. We're like grasshoppers. In other words, there's too many problems and I'm not adequate enough to overcome them. And they were so afraid of failure, they never stepped into the promised land and never realized it. It's kind of if you don't mind just shutting the door, there's some people having fun out in the lobby. I don't know why you could have fun out in the lobby when we're having such a good time in here. Can I hear an amen? But we won't condemn them anyhow. They're forgiven and loved. They were probably in the 830 service maybe and heard me already. Anyhow, but they, they didn't understand this. They had this grasshopper mentality. And as a result, they never stepped in. 
And in the same way today, when we don't recognize that we are a masterpiece, if faith hasn't been awakened as a result of fear, we don't step into the promises that God has for our lives because we're afraid of the challenges. We don't think we are adequate enough to overcome them. It's like a minister I read about. And he was, as a young man, he was traveling with a well-known minister. You don't know this person. I just read the story. But it's a true story. He was traveling with a well-known minister. And this young minister, this well-known minister was, was very gifted, talented, well-known. And the younger minister, as a result, he looked at himself and he felt inadequate. I, I don't have the gifts and the talents of this well-known guy. And, and, and I don't think I'll ever add up. To make matters worse, one day a city leader came to this young minister after... After the, after the well-known minister had a meeting and he had, he had left the building, but the young minister would remain behind and a city leader came and said, would you pray for me? I mean, I need the well-known minister to pray for me. And, this, and the young minister said, well, he's not here, but I can pray for you. And the city leader said, well, no, 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 you won't do. I need the well-known minister. Well, those words, you won't do, they stuck in the mind of that young minister. And so every time an opportunity came for him to step up, he didn't. He was afraid. And those thoughts kept playing. You won't do. He felt inadequate. He felt had that grasshopper mentality. But one day, finally, he awoke and he recognized that, you know what? God created me. He gifted me. He talented me. He called me. And if he called me, he's equipped me. And he stepped out and he did what God had called him to do. But he had to awaken to the masterpiece that God had created him to be. The truth is, none of us have any reason to feel inferior or inadequate because we are a masterpiece. We are, that means we are adequate for every challenge. Maybe you're facing challenges today and you don't feel adequate enough. Can I tell you, you are adequate. You are a masterpiece. You are created in Christ Jesus. Faith awakened is, happens when we see that I am a masterpiece. But you say, but Nathan, I, how do I see my masterpiece? How do I see it? When I look around me, all I see is junk. I won't ask for a show of hands how many have, have ever felt that way, but you say, I see, I see junk all around. I don't see my masterpiece. How do I do it? I see broken pieces. I just see, you know, well, Colossians 3, the Apostle Paul says this. And I read from the Mirror Bible translation. He says, see yourself co-raised with Christ. Ponder with persuasion the consequences of your co-inclusion in him. Relocate yourself mentally. Engage your thoughts with throne room realities where you are co-seated in the executive authority of God's right hand. In other words, Paul's saying, see Jesus, see yourself identified with him and see Jesus as your masterpiece. In other words, don't put Jesus on a, I mean, hear me what I'm saying. Don't put Jesus on a pedestal. Yes, we put him on a pedestal. He is God. He is amazing. He's awesome. But Jesus on earth in the flesh, yes, he was God, but he was also fully man, wasn't he? And as fully man, the scriptures say he was tempted in every single way. He was tempted to feel inadequate, tempted to feel afraid. He was tempted in every single way like we are today. And yet he never gave in to that temptation. Why? 
because he recognized the words of his father that said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And in that understanding of the love of God for him, that he was a masterpiece in the eyes of his father, he lived in victory over fear. But you see, Jesus is not only an example for us, he certainly is, but he is so much more. Jesus is an example of you and I. You see, the first Adam came, and he was the first prototype of a human being, and he failed. He got it all wrong, didn't he? So God sent a second Adam, Jesus, and he got it all right. And he is the prototype of a brand new human being. And now our part today is to see Jesus on the pages of the scriptures, to see Jesus alive, but to see him as our masterpiece. You see, Jesus identified with us on the cross. Our part today is to identify with him in our minds and in our hearts. And so doing is recognizing I got a brand new self-image, that of a masterpiece. This is faith awakened. As he was loved by the Father, so are we. As he was anointed by the Father, so are can talk back. As he was endued with power from on high, so are. As he was healthy and strong, so are. We see him, we see ourselves. This is faith awakened, starting to see ourselves in the story of Christ. But we got to look away from our junk and we've got to look to him in the midst of it all. Amen? The reality of life is we reflect whatever it is that we admire. You know, I admire Pastor Peter. Worked for him for 20 years. I admire him. And I hope that some of his strength and giftings have rubbed off him. You know, it's just, I'm not saying I want to be him, but I'm just saying I admire him. So I start to reflect some of that strength, right? We, we end up reflecting that which we admire. If you have a teenager and they admire, now if you're a teenager in the room, you're going to laugh. Maybe she's, I don't know who's popular now. but And you admire Beyonce. Well, maybe that teenager starts to reflect Beyonce's behavior and dress and talk, etc., etc. It's just natural. We all reflect what we admire. And so in the same way, the more we admire Christ, the more his essence, his character begins to rub off on us. But think about a masterpiece for a moment. I am not an art connoisseur. But I did a little research this week. So I'm going to give us a, little, us a little lesson, not from a hottie like I know it all, I don't know much, but hopefully I did some good research. Take this piece of art. You know, there's a quote by Elizabeth, go ahead and put up this quote by Elizabeth, who said, a, a, a work of art's like a human being. The more it's admired, the more beautiful it grows, reflecting the gift of love like light to the giver. In other words, the more you look and admire a painting or a masterpiece, the more you appreciate it, right? So take this masterpiece right here, this replica masterpiece. I wish I had the real one, but anyhow, we'll take this for now. Take this masterpiece. You know, they are, the value we place on it grows the more we learn about it. For example, you may have seen this initially and not known who wrote, who painted it, or not know much about it. Well, I'll tell you, Van Gogh, one of the most famous painters of all time, painted it, and it's called Sunflowers. So right there, already you appreciate, you know, you recognize my son Leo, who's one year old, didn't paint this. A master painted it, so their appreciation is growing. But then, you know, if we want to learn more, we go a little deeper, right? And we begin to recognize, okay, who was Van Gogh and what was his purpose? And so we realize that Van Gogh was a Dutchman. I don't know of any Dutch people in the room, but he was a Dutchman. And for a period of time, he was a Protestant missionary. Imagine that, I didn't know that about him. 
But then he became a painter, moved to Paris, and he was considered a madman. Committed suicide by the age of 37. He was on hallucinogenics. He had, uh, had a lot of psychotic breaks. And during his life, he was considered an abject failure. So much so that other painters, they almost, it's a true story, now nearly killed each other fighting who would not have to be displayed with Van Gogh. They didn't like Van Gogh. They considered his artistry uh, uh, a joke. He was not a success. And so the more we learn about this, you know, one of his paintings sold for $40 million recently. Uh, we also know that, that um, he painted 2,100 paintings, two, most of them in the last two years of his life. Are you starting to sense more appreciation for Van Gogh? He was alive during the post-impressionist era. They used vibrant colors. They think he used a lot of yellow because he was on hallucinogenics. I'm not here to preach art here today, but I am here to simply say the more we know, the more we take time to look, the more we like take time to get to know it, the more our appreciation grows. You're never going to look at this painting of sunflowers again with the same understanding. Why? Because now you have more information. Amen? My, what's my point? My point is the more we get to know, take time to observe Christ, the more we get to know who he is, how he operates, how, who he is, the more the appreciation begins to reflect in our lives. This is faith awakened as we begin to recognize Jesus as my masterpiece. Can I hear a big amen? But watch this. When it comes to seeing Jesus as our masterpiece, we cannot try to rationalize spiritual matters with natural thoughts. Someone asked me last week, but Nathan, you'd say we need to identify with Christ, see myself in him, it gives me a new image. But how do I do it? I look at I, all I see is junk. Well, recognize, and I say this with humility, we can't try to rationalize spiritual thoughts or spiritual matters with, with natural thoughts. Seeing myself identified with Christ, it is a spirit knowledge. It's spirit knowledge. Recognize we are a three-part being. We when you look at me, you see my body. I see your body. That's one part of our three-part being. We have a body, we have a spirit, we, have, we are a spirit, and we have a soul. Dr. John D. Lake, a famous Canadian evangelist, well-known in the area of healing, he said, we have a physical body with its five sensory organs, and though these are brought into contact with a certain range of activity, that is merely physical, purely physical. But that is not all there is to man. God desires an awakening of our understanding to realize that the man within is the real man. And man is the very substance of God. In other words, our physical body is not all there is to us. We have a spirit. And just like the physical body has knowledge, so too does the spirit. Physical knowledge is the five senses. Taste, touch, feel, smell, etc. Spirit knowledge. What is spirit knowledge? Spirit knowledge is called faith and it resonates from the inside of every single one of our beings. We are spirit beings and faith resonates from the inside of each of us. It's called spirit knowledge. Jesus likened the spirit in John chapter 3 to the wind. We had a windstorm this past Friday, didn't we? What did the wind look like? Can anyone tell me? Did you see any wind? I asked at 8.30 and someone said, yes. No, you didn't see the wind. You can't see the wind. The wind is invisible. But we see its effects. In the same way, we don't see the spirit man. We don't see the spirit with our five senses. But we sure do see the effects. It's like a lady I, I heard about. She had been bedridden for years. Her husband would go to work, come home. Go to work, come home. It's a very lonely life. She was very bored and very alone. 
One day, as she was meditating on God's promises and who Christ was, she heard a voice from her inner man, that spirit knowledge, and said, call your husband, get him to come home from work today, you're going to walk. Well, I tell you what, her five, that, within, that knowledge didn't come from her five senses. That came from within, that resonating faith from her spirit person. Because all five senses, they, 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 you're not getting better. You've been in that bed for a long time. And she heard a different voice. He came home, helped her get her feet to the side of the bed, put her feet on the floor, she began to walk. That's spirit knowledge. That's spirit knowledge. I remember a few years ago, a number of years, time flies, but, uh, uh, but Pastor Peter and I, we were working on a negotiation. And, and the, the other side of the negotiation, uh, it was, they had big lawyers, expensive lawyers. So it looked like we were handicapped, David versus Goliath. And I remember on the drive in with Pastor Peter, I remember at that moment that he felt something stir on the inside, spirit knowledge. And said, look at the contract again. He looked at the contract. It led him to a clause that helped him to save $400,000. See, that's spirit knowledge. It's, it's resonating from the inside of each of us. It, it directs our attention to that which the five senses don't always see. And it's important to recognize in context with my message today, faith awakens, that faith awakens from our spirit person. If we limit it to our five senses, we don't see what the spirit is trying to, to tell us. This awakening doesn't start in our five senses. It starts in our spirit man. You see, our masterpiece is resonating 24-7, strength, even when my five senses shows weakness. My masterpiece in Christ is resonating and speaking health and wholeness, even when my five senses feel pain and bad report. My masterpiece is screaming from the inside, and you're in you, victory, even when all you see around you is defeat through your five senses. But sometimes, let me tell you, we've got to get out of our own heads. You know what I mean by that? Out of our five senses. See, nothing wrong with the five senses, but there's a greater reality. It's found in our spirit person. Faith awakens from within. We were designed to live from within. Proverbs says, as a man thinks, so is he. So my point is, the more time we give to listen to the voice of our spirit man resonating within us, pointing us to the masterpiece who is Christ in us, the more the reflection begins to be seen in our lives. Amen? we got to recognize this third part. We've talked about the spirit man and it has knowledge. We've talked about the, the physical man and it has knowledge, the five senses. But there's a third part of our being and that's our soul. And our soul plays a big part in faith being awakened in our lives. You see that both the spirit and the body, both that faith and the five senses, they're always speaking. And they're speaking input always into this third part, our soul, into our mind. Our mind is receiving input from both sources always at the same time. And both the spirit and the five senses can look at the same situation, the same moment in time, and perceive it in two totally different ways. How many know even in the natural, it's easy to perceive something differently? For example, two people can look at the same number, one sees nine, the other sees six. Same number. <laughs> Different perception. Can I tell you, our spirit and our five senses often perceive the same situation in completely different lights, completely different ways. We get a setback at work. 
Maybe you made a mistake or maybe, maybe it doesn't look hopeful. You know, the five senses, they're screaming, it's hopeless. But I tell you what, your spirit man, it's resonating something different. It's resonating. He's gone ahead of you. He's prepared the way and he will work all things out for your good. Both voices speaking all the time. Same situation, different perceptions, chronic pain in your body. The five senses say it's cancer, you're going to die. But the spirit man is resonating. By his stripes you were healed. Same scenario, same problem. Different perceptions. Someone treated you poorly. The five senses says eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. You better eat or be eaten. I don't know what in here would think that, but you know, some five senses out, outside of TICC. But the spirit man is resonating. No, Christ forgave those who reviled him and he lives in you. You are a forgiver. You are a lover. Same situation. How do I know your spirit man says Thanking that because your masterpiece is in Christ. And as he is, so are we. Our body, five senses, are very limited to the natural realm. I don't think, I think you're here this morning because you don't want to be limited to the five, to the natural realm. But thank God we have a spirit. And our spirit is always perceiving beyond the horizon of the natural into the truth of the spirit. And that's the truth of who God says you are. You are forgiven. You are righteous. You are seated in heavenly places in Christ. You're more than an overcomer. And whether we hear it or not, our spirit is always speaking. This is faith awakened. Say it with me. What are we talking about today? Faith awakened. Say it stronger. Faith awakened. I want you to wake up this, 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 on Tuesday morning and to be thinking, faith is awakening in my life today. But remember, it, it starts in our spirit. Not from our five senses, where this awakening begins. And our soul plays a powerful role, our mind plays a powerful role in this awakening. Our mind chooses which thought, which input am I going to take, my five senses or my, from my spirit that's resonating within. And our thoughts have great power. I'm not a scientist, just like I'm not an art connoisseur, I'm not a scientist, but I know how to do a little bit of research. And according to quantum physics... All physical reality, that means our body, everything you see, this podium, all physical reality is made up of vibrations of energy. Even your thoughts are vibrations of energy. So everything we see, my body, everything in my makeup is vibrations of energy, but so are my thoughts. Doesn't that give great power to our thoughts? No wonder the scripture says, guard your thoughts or heart with all diligence. Because as a man thinks, so is he. And this is great when we're choosing thoughts from our spirit man that's resonating within. When I'm choosing thoughts that I am anointed and well able. Whoa, power is released throughout my being. That's spirit energy being released. Or when I think that I'm healthy and whole in the Lord, spirit energy is being released into my, my being. Or when I, when I recognize that my, everything that my hand touches is blessed, that's spirit energy. It's already in there. It's resonating. But which, which, thought, but which thoughts am I taking? But when our mind is taking thoughts only from the five senses... We can give in to that dreaded inferiority complex and like the Hebrew people, become of that grasshopper mentality. 
not good. I'm afraid. I can't ever get ahead. And I'm worthless. I'm no good. Says who? The master who said you're a master. The master says you're well able. The master says you're healthy, whole, strong in the Lord. The master has spoken. Who do we listen to? Who do we listen to? And so you could say that the training of our soul, our mind, to take the thoughts of our spirit is the greatest endeavor of the believer today. It's called renewing of the mind. It's called the battlefield of the mind. Because our spirit is resonating 24-7 to our five senses. Which thoughts will we choose? And I'm not practically, I'm saying, and I'm recommending and I'm encouraging each of us to daily orientate our mind to take thoughts that are resonating from our spirit. I recommend to do it in the morning, to, to, or, to orientate your thoughts, like programming a compass or a GPS toward the thoughts of the Spirit. In other words, when we wake up in the morning, why do you say, why in the morning? Well, because it starts the day. Why not? <laughs> it starts the direction in the right way. But to orientate ourselves and say, I am well able to, to face any challenges that I face today. I am an overcomer. I am well able. But then how many know throughout the day we've got to keep recalibrating? Keep resetting it when the five senses start screaming, blah, 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 blah. Don't pretend your five senses have never said, blah, 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 blah. Recalibrate to the thoughts that are resonating from the spirit of God. Health, wholeness, strength, liberty, freedom, victory. Amen? This week I found myself, and I wasn't even thinking about my sermon, I, I got to tell you, but... I was walking through the hallways here. I, I don't know what I was doing, but I was walking through the hallways, and I, there was a problem on my mind. And I found myself talking to myself out loud. I don't recommend it. I was talking to myself. I was, pill, I mean, I was speaking faith to myself about that situation. But I got really embarrassed because I'm thinking, is anybody? I actually literally, I did a full up and down the hallway to make sure no one was there listening to me. Otherwise, they'd think I'm crazy. I'm not saying be crazy. I'm just saying there's some life's too short to live by an inferiority complex that we are inadequate to face the challenges that we face in life. Jesus says many are the afflictions or many are the challenges that we will face, but you are well able because you're a masterpiece. Amen. This is faith awakened in our lives. We are who God says that we are. Faith awakens from our spirit being. Spirit knowledge sees beyond the horizon of our five senses. And how many want to see beyond the horizon? Sometimes when we look in our five senses, all we see is junk, all we see is garbage, limitations. But our spirit man, it looks past the horizon of our five senses and it sees into the impossible realm where all things are possible. This is the spirit realm that we live in. Our part is to accept it through identifying with the masterpiece himself, Christ Jesus. To see ourselves only through the prism of the five senses is a one-dimensional life. We were created to live from the dimension of the spirit. We don't see it. It's like the wind, but it is real. And a life trapped only in the five sense realm. It's like we live life like a bonsai tree. You know what a bonsai tree is? I got a picture of one for you. 
It's a tree, you can see the book by it. It's a tree that has grown to live on a shelf. It's a tree that has stunted growth. It's a tree that never grows into a big tree. It stays like a miniature dwarf tree. And let me tell you, the moment we come to faith in Christ, we are a new creation in him. We're complete. But until our soul, our mind accepts that reality and looks beyond the realm of the five senses, we stay like a bonsai tree stunted in our growth. But it need not be, because whether you've accumulated junk of your own making or people have piled junk upon you, you are still a masterpiece. And the Father holds nothing against you, and he is screaming at the top of his lungs, accept who you are. The truth is, you are a masterpiece. What is this? Faith awakened. Faith awakened means to see beyond the horizon of the, what limitations are you facing today? The voice of the Spirit in you. Don't look to me. Don't look to some, you know, person. It's within you. And the Spirit is resonating victory, overcoming power, health, and life. And I'm challenging each of us today to look beyond, accept that reality, and look beyond the horizon of the five senses. To see your child coming back to faith in Christ. To see your body healthy and whole. To see your finances turned around free from debt and blessed in the prosperity that Jesus purchased for you on the cross. But how many know sometimes when we look in the five senses, we don't see it. That's all we've seen all our lives. But there is a realm where we can see beyond that horizon to what Christ has done for us. That is our masterpiece. Amen? Sometimes our five senses overwhelm us to a point where it's like impossible to see anything. And that's what happened to the Hebrew people. In Isaiah chapter 40, they were exasperated in a severe challenge. And maybe that's you today. And in verse 27, they said, they cried out and they said, my way is hidden from the Lord. We've been passed over. You ever feel like that? Don't put up your hand. Where are you, God? I love God's response. He says, have you not known, verse 28, have you not known, have you not heard the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, he neither faints nor is he weary. He gives power to the weak. And to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even youths shall faint and they shall be weary. But young men and young men shall fall. As speaking of life by the five senses, at times even the strongest of us will fail. But those who wait on the Lord, they shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings like eagles. They'll run and not grow weary. They shall walk and they shall not faint. What does it mean to wait? Wait is not inactivity. If it was, then the Hebrew people who inactively stayed out of their promised land because they were afraid, they felt inadequate to face their giants. If waiting was simply inactivity, then the Hebrew people, they would have been the best waiters going. But they weren't waiting. Because to wait, the word wait comes from the word twisting a strand of rope or cord together. And from the context of what we're teaching today, faith awakened. To wait on the Lord means to see myself identified intrinsically with him, intertwined with him like a threefold cord. I am a masterpiece in him. And when we awaken to this reality, the scriptures say, we grow, we become bold in strength. We rise up on wings of eagles and we overcome the challenges that we see in our path. 
that's your story. That's my story today. As faith awakens in our lives and there's challenges that each of us are facing today, my encouragement is, and I'm done preaching, don't limit the solution to the natural five senses. There is a spirit realm where we can see beyond the horizons of that which we see in the natural realm. And if you believe that today, give Jesus a big shout of thanks in this place. Come on. Please, no moving around. We've got a couple of very important things to do, but heads bowed and eyes closed. Maybe you're here today and you say, Nathan, I, I'm deeply intrigued by what you have shared. I don't feel like I have stepped into that realm of the spirit. I don't really understand it, but I'm intrigued by it and I want to know more. Can I, can I tell you, with heads bowed and eyes closed, that it is available to every person in this room. How? Well, the scriptures say, I've been talking a lot about Christ Jesus. The scriptures say that if we believe in, in Christ, who he says he was and says he is and who he is today, if we believe on him in our hearts and confess him with our mouths, the scriptures say that our, our spirit man is, is it's awakened, it's born again. And in a moment I'm going to invite you to believe on Christ, to make a confession with your mouth on the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a, it's a practical matter of receiving God's love for you. And in a moment I'm inviting you to, 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 to receive that love. Inviting you to, to confess Jesus as Lord and to say, I want to know that my sins are forgiven. You may have came in here feeling like there's junk all over you, condemned and beat up. But the scriptures tell us that God already forgave you in Christ 2,000 years ago. But you need to receive it. So in a moment I'm going to invite you to receive. Just simply as praying, simply as me including you in a prayer and you praying with me. Maybe you're here today and you've, you've wandered away from God and you... You, d you don't know him, but you once did. You feel like beating, beating yourself up. Like he doesn't, wouldn't love you because you left him. That's not the truth. He's followed you with arms wide open the entire way. And this morning he's saying, would you receive my love? So right now, in a moment, I'm going to ask you just to let, raise your hand. Let me know that you're praying with me. To say, yes, Nathan, include me in this praying. I want to receive his love. I want my spirit man to be awoken. I want it to be born again. In this moment right now. This is a big deal. Before we do anything else, if you say, yes, Nathan, that's me. I want to be born again. I want to know that my sins are forgiven. If that's you just all across this room, just raise your hand to let me know that you're praying together with me. I see that hand, hands going up. Keep praying, hands going up. Thank you for Thank you for those hands. Keep praying, see that hand. Another moment. This is the biggest prayer. Thank you for that hand. Another more hands, more hands. Thank you, Jesus. Keep praying, see that hand. Anyone else? For those of you that raise your hand, you can lower your hands now. We're going to pray with you. I'm going to I'm going to pray, but I want you to pray with me. For those of you who didn't raise your hand, you're already a believer in Christ. I, can you join in in prayer with those who who raised their hands this morning? It's a big deal. Say, dear Lord Jesus, I receive.